Hi, and welcome to the Beer and Eggs podcast. I'm Jessica, and I'm here with my husband, Ryan. Hello. And we are continuing our series where we read through the book of Luke. Mm-hmm. And we're on chapter 12 today. Yep. And you right. go first? Yep, I'm going to okay. start us out. In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man who made me a judge or arbitrator over you. And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grains and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. And he said to the disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And then you are not able to do it as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. 
Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Be prepared and keep your lamps lit. You are also to be like people who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast, so that they may immediately open the door for him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will prepare himself to serve and have them recline at the table, and he will come up and serve them. Whether he comes in the second watch or even the third and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. You too be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not think he will. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable to us, or to everyone else as well? And the Lord said, Who then is faithful and sensible and sensible steward, whom his master will put in charge of his servants, to give them their rations at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom, whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, My master will take a long time to come, and he begins to beat the other slaves, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk, then the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect, and at an hour that he does not know, and will cut him in two, and assign him a place with the unbelievers. And that slave who knew his master's will and did not get ready or act in accordance with his will will receive many blows. But the one who did not know it and committed acts of deser- acts deserving of a beating will receive only a few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And to whom they entrust much of him, they will ask all the more. I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it is accomplished. Do you think that I came to provide peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on five members in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And he was also saying to the crowds, Whenever you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, a shower is coming, and so it turns out. And whenever you feel a south wind blowing, you say, it will be a hot day, and it turns out that way. You hypocrites, you know how to analyze the appearance of the earth and the sky, but how it is, how is it that you do not know how to analyze this present time? And why do you not even judge by yourselves what is right? For when you are going... Going with your accuser to appear before the magistrate on the way, make an effort to settle with him so that he does not drag you before the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out of there until you have paid up the very last uh, leptin. Thank you for reading. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. Uh... Well, I first thought, I, I remember we talked about this a long time ago, but it was like fear the man who can, 
uh, or the one who can, uh, oh, where'd it go? Uh, verse four. Do not be right? afraid of those who kill the body. You're the one who, uh, after he's killed someone has the power to throw that person to hell. And I remember, I forget where this came up, but they're like, yeah, that's God. That's who that's talking about. Because I don't know, I always thought it was like the devil. Yeah. So I always thought he was talking about the devil. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just and had And then this I think here. maybe two years ago, maybe maybe longer ago, but I was reading it in some translation. Um. And it capitalized, like, he or one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> God. <laughs> and then it just became super clear to me. I'm like, oh, yes. It wouldn't make sense the other way, obviously. God's the yeah. one who casts people into hell. Not Satan. Satan's not... <laughs> Yeah. Satan's not in charge. He's being tormented in hell. <laughs> yeah, he's also be. being punished. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know where we get that concept from. It's just like super popular. It's a miss. It's a in like our culture, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's... know if it's like that in other cultures too, but I see it all the time in like cartoons where it's like, oh, well, I remember Satan's a lot like of... ruling in hell, and it's like that's yeah. literally or not what like, the Bible says. Oh, hell is great because you got gambling and like women and whatever. Gosh, I saw this and Facebook like, comment no. once, and the lady was like, "I'd rather be a king in hell than a servant in heaven." And it's like, who told you you were ever going to be a king? In hell. Like in hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, where did you get that idea? <laughs> yeah. I just. The the be in readiness part, like 35 uh, through 48, mm-hmm. is really... Keep your lamps burning. Yeah, lamps burning and, and be ready. Stay dressed for action, is what this version says. Mm-hmm. Kind of convicting. I don't know. How do you, especially during Advent season, where you're celebrating and enjoying family and stuff... Mm-hmm. What does being ready for the Lord's return look like while you're celebrating and resting? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I guess maybe be, I just have this serving, weird skewed like understanding it, of what it would be serving being ready yourself, is. right, or sinning. I would imagine is what I think, or right? just not even like you know, because giving any thought to God and what his will is well, for your life and just like you said living for yourself I guess would be the opposite the passage before this is all about greed and where right. you're storing your treasures and why you know or who you're serving with those treasures and then he immediately follows up with what you should be doing right so mm-hmm. you have the greed you're going to just store up all your stuff in your storehouses. And he's like, no, sell your stuff, give it to charity, make yourself money belts that do not wear out an inexhaustible treasure in heaven. And there's no thief or moth that comes to destroy for where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also. And then he follows it up with be ready for my return. So not only are you supposed to do these things, but you are supposed to be 
doing these things in anticipation of my return because you don't know when I'm going to be coming back. Mm -hmm. And he tells, he talks about, you know, the one, the servant who he finds doing what he has asked him to do when he returns is going to be rewarded. Right. So, and the one, uh, that isn't, he's going to cut him in two and assign him a place with the unbelievers. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then I just love uh, the end, obviously. Not love, but in kind of a cynical way, I guess. Where there's a lot of people that are just like, oh, God, you know, Jesus only talked about peace, only talked about peace. And I'm like, you not are you not reading the same thing <laughs> I am? I mean, he did bring peace. Between us and God. Bet- between believers and God. And believers are reconciled with each other. Not to the world. But no, we are <laughs> cut off from the world. <laughs> and so, yeah, if you have people in your life that don't believe, there's definitely a separation there. And there's, you know, not peace, I would say. <laughs> yeah, well, he divides people. So mm-hmm. it is a division. And it's and it's it's a division of his children and children of wrath, you know. So I love how he says you hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Mm-hmm. The time being, you know, his time. Like mm-hmm. he's come and they can't even they can't see that. Well, it's got to be rough because, like, I don't know. I don't know how how it would have been back then. Not obviously not looking at it through the lens, not looking at the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. But obviously, people had plenty of questions about all the prophecies. Just the same way we like view Revelation, right? We're like, oh, well, we don't know X, Y, and Z how this is going to happen, and yet there definitely is an expectation of the people in that time to recognize their savior. And it makes me wonder how well are we going to collectively or individually recognize our savior if he comes again? And I I would would hope it would be pretty clear. I would assume everyone will recognize him, believers and non-believers. It says every knee will bow, right? Yeah, at the end, end. Right? Like, in front of the great white throne. (laughs) Yeah, like, but... I don't know. I Or hypothetically, if, if he came again for some time. I don't know. I'm just saying hypothetically. It's interesting to think about when you bring that up. It's like I think about his second coming and I guess I've always pictured it as an amazing moment for, you know, his children and just Mm. probably the most terrifying thing for non-believers. Well, and beyond that, right, how how many times have people in general been tricked into believing a false uh Christ essentially right oh plenty of times plenty of times right and why why do people who 
claim to have knowledge of who Jesus is supposed to be, not recognize him or not recognize a false Jesus. Oh, they don't know him very well. Okay. So I'm not going to say they don't know him at all, but they, if they are fooled, but these people, they certainly don't know him very well. The Pharisees and the scribes and the lawyers, right, are supposed to be the, um, you know, the scholarly, like, know everything about it, Old Testament, and they don't recognize him. Oh, yeah, that says a lot. Yeah, about them. Well, you could say it says a lot about them. But would we be in any different position is what I'm trying to get at here. Mm, I would think of, so. I would think I would certainly think the spirit would, would testify so. to the truth of this is yes. Jesus. I would hope <laughs> so. However, a lot of people even today are missing who Jesus is. Oh, yeah. And I agree with that. Part of that is a lack of of looking at what he says about himself in his word. Mm-hmm. We rely on media. We rely on, I don't even know, like veggie tales. Popular music. Popular music. We rely Lots on a of lot stuff. of external things as opposed to learning about who he is uh, from what he says yeah. he is from his word. And that's scary because I think... I had a skewed perception of who Jesus was, especially in high school, and kind of on until I re, re, uh, I guess, like got back into actually reading the word and evaluating my perceptions of who God mm-hmm. is. But I had concocted for myself a completely fake idea. Mm-hmm. Of what this all was. And then the more you kind of hear people talk about Facebook comments and all that stuff. I'm not in Facebook anymore, but all that stuff. It's like what I read and what you're talking about are two different people. Well, and that's scary. And yeah, your discernment of that gets better because you're studying him more in his word. Anyways, I was just hypothetically no, back that's then, a I would very, hope, I would hope very that good if point. I was there, I'd be like, I know who that guy is. Well, <laughs> yeah. And you know. it's just interesting because I had, I guess I had a similar experience. I think back to like, you know, before I really knew Christ and just the whole idea of Jesus. It's like, I thought I kind of knew, but. In reality, he was just like a stranger to me. Like, I wouldn't have recognized him. I didn't know his character. I didn't know really anything. Yeah. Even though I said I did. And um, that's what's so amazing about scripture. That's why we're reading it. It's because you, if you want to meet God, like, meet him in Jesus, in his word. Mm-hmm. That's where you meet Jesus. You don't meet him through some emotional worship experience or this or that. You meet him in his word. Which is not to say that... His word could be presented in in a variety of ways. Yeah. Yes. But you're not going to meet him apart from his word. From his word, no. You're you're not going to come upon a burning bush 
moment. Right. God's right. not going to He's the give you some His word has <laughs> been laid out and Yeah. and kept for you over thousands of years in hundreds of translations for however you want to read it. And it's in like everyone's home on a bookshelf. You just got to read it. Mm-hmm. Knock, so. and it will be open. It's like that one verse, um, I think it's in Hebrews, where he says, you know, God has spoken in a variety of ways in history, but in these last days, he has spoken through his son. Mm-hmm. That's how God has chosen to appear to us in his in final revelation, yeah. yes, is in Christ. We meet Christ in the Bible. So, yeah. Yeah. That was really good insight. Thank you, Ryan. Good chapter. <laughs> yeah, and a great chapter. And thank you guys for listening. Hopefully we'll see you again tomorrow for chapter 13. Bye. Bye.